time for episode seven of By All Means, right here on Western Reserve Radio. I am your host, Mark Means. Ryan Alessio will join us from his home in Cleveland here in about 15 minutes. As always, the show is brought to you by Mill Creek Golf Course and Mark Tussil Chiropractic. Where can you find us? Pretty much anywhere if you look hard enough. Facebook, Western Reserve Radio, Western Reserve Digital Radio. Uh, find us with the Live 365 app or the TuneIn app or go right to Western Reserve Radio.com to get on board and join us for the next hour here on Western Reserve Radio. You can pick up the phone. You can give us a call today, too. That's the number at 330-707-4202 to get on board and join us today. Coming up in our second segment of the day, Grove City Football head coach Andrew DiDonato will join us to talk about the Wolverines that have gone 17 and 5 in the last two years with two bowl victories. And coach was the 2018 President's Athletic Conference Coach of the Year. So we'll talk to Grove City College football head coach Andrew DiDonato today. Get an update on how he's doing, how the family's doing, and just how much interaction he's able to have with his football team. Coming up in the uh, third segment of the show, we look at the 2020 Browns schedule and the opponents that they will have on it as it was officially released last week. We'll break down that schedule. And uh, Ryan in a text told me 13-3, and three, so we'll find out if he was joking or if he was serious about that as well coming up later on in the show. And then we look at the proposed plan that the Major League Baseball owners and front office is going to take to the Players Association today. We'll tell you a little bit about that plan. We'll tell you why the Players Association doesn't seem very excited to be part of that and it's just how the negotiations for that are going to go. We could also tell you next week right here on By All Means on Western Reserve Radio. Uh, in the 512 break, we will be joined by play-by-play voice of the Pittsburgh Pirates, Greg Brown. We'll check in on what he's doing the past the time during uh, the coronavirus shutdown of Major League Baseball. So Greg Brown joins us a week from today right here on Western Reserve Radio. Again, to get on board, the numbers to give us a call today, as always, are 330-707-4202 for By All Means, brought to you by Martusio Chiropractic and Milk Creek Golf Course. We'll be right back on Western Reserve Radio. You're listening to Western Reserve Radio at westernreserveradio.com on the Live 365 Network and the Live 365 app. Right back here on By All Means on Western Reserve Radio, presented by Mill Creek Golf Course and Mark Tusio Chiropractic. On the phone with us today is Andrew DiDonato, the head coach for Grove City College's football team. Coach, thank you for taking a couple of minutes to join us today. I appreciate it. Oh, it's doing. We're doing well. I got a one-year-old and a four-year-old, so it's been a, a lively house here over the last couple of weeks and couple of months, to say the least. But it's been a blessing to have all this time during the spring, which I usually don't get to be with them. You know, that's I like hearing the positive of that from you and from everyone, because a lot of people that work like you do and many others do don't get to have that family time and now we're kind of forced to have it but be able to take advantage of it as well yeah absolutely and, and you know one of our phrases we have with our football team is be where your feet are you know and if we had normal spring practice throughout april certainly 
you know, at 3.30 in the afternoon or 4, my mind and heart would be there on the practice field. And, and in the quarantine, when I'm at home all this spring, you know, certainly having my mind and heart here with my family and certainly have made the most of this time. How have you been able to interact with your football team missing that spring practice? Uh, what are the regulations of how much you can actually communicate with them? Yeah, it's actually... Uh, we were actually allowed to to meet with them pretty regularly over these last couple weeks through virtual meetings. So so we did that. We took advantage of this time. And, you know, one of the things we always say is we want to turn everything for our good. And, and really, for us, I mean, I just think from the football standpoint, how much time we got to spend in, in looking at film and looking at last year that normally we wouldn't get, you know, being involved with spring practice and being on the practice field that – you know, we truly feel that we made the most of this time and uh, really used it for for a positive and took benefits out of it that we normally wouldn't get during the spring. When you look at it on the offensive side of the football, and of course you're replacing a you know an All American and Wesley schools at the running back spot, but for the most part, you do seem to have a lot returning on that side of the football. Yeah, yeah, we do. And, and one thing is is good for us is we always have a very clear vision and identity of who we want to be. And uh, and now we've been able to recruit for that because this is you know going into season five here. We've been able to really recruit for for who we are offensively and defensively. In this case, offensively. And uh, you know we return a quarterback, you know a couple receivers, an offensive lineman there. So still on the offensive side of the ball, we have some. Uh, some guys who did some pretty amazing things and then some other young guys ready to step in and fill the spots where we had some guys uh, that we lose due to graduation. Without giving us away too much, you've kind of been a running team that likes to throw the ball downfield with a lot of play action with uh, the running back spot being younger but experience at receiver and quarterback. Does that change maybe the approach for the upcoming year? Uh, it really doesn't change who we are offensively. You know, we have a certain way in which we want to approach the game where you know we're truly going to take what the defense gives us and we're going to really have a process we use to, to evaluate at the line of scrimmage what's going on and then you know put ourselves in the best position accordingly and you know with that being said though we, we one thing that we always look at is our personnel and when you recruit when you return the, the number one and number three receiver in the conference from a season ago and now uh, heading into a third year starting quarterback you know certainly we're going to be taking more shots than maybe we have you know, in the past, but overall, you know, we're still going to be built on just taking what that defense gives us. Coach, 17-5 and five over the last two years, two bowl victories. When you, when you look at the success you've had both on and off the field, how has it changed recruiting and how recruits know about your program? You know, really, you know, how we sell our program really isn't that much differently. You know, from day one, it's been brick by brick, vision process, love, and, you know, as we've told guys, um, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, we, we say 440 forever. We want to use four years of football to teach you how to pursue a vision, embrace a process, process and do it in community. And, and over four years, you know, take that, take those lessons, apply them in your career for the next 40 and in your faith and relationships forever. So really, the, the message hasn't changed. You know, obviously what has is from a football standpoint, we're much closer to the vision now than, you know, when we first started. You know, we we're at the bottom of the conference. You know, we finished second in the conference this year, nine and two. So, uh, so, so guys do take notice to that. And I think, you know, it has helped us in recruiting, you know, our overall message hasn't, we want to develop the whole person, but, you know, certainly wins and the success, you know, has, has got some 
a lot of that quantity and more specific quality, just excited about what's going on here. One of the things we always hear about, no matter what athletic program it is at Grove City College, is Wolverines together. And there's been so much success, whether it's football, what the men's and women's basketball team did last year, swimming and diving, soccer, baseball, softball, pretty much everybody having success in the classroom and uh, in their field as well. And what does Wolverines together mean to you? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, I'm glad you're asking this, actually, because I was, uh, Briggsy posted the RPI bowl game uh, over the weekend, and I was watching that, actually, with my family. We, we threw it on for a little bit, and I was listening to you and Chris and obviously Briggsy, and I thought of our football phrase, each of us needs all of us. You know, really enjoy listening to that, and I don't usually get to hear you know, what's being, what you guys say and things like that. And, uh, and I was just thinking of that phrase, each of us needs all of us. And, uh, and really what's neat is that's what we say as a football program, certainly the department with Wolverines together, it's that same concept. And then our president, one of our five core values as an institution is community. And when you're a head coach and one of the things you're built on with each of us needs all of us, you, you take that even bigger to the department with Wolverines together and then to the campus as a whole with community. It uh, it really gives us a, a picture of being a part of something bigger than just us, and uh, and that's really what it means. It comes back to us with football a lot of times to that each of us needs all of us, and certainly we've needed that in, in rebuilding uh, you know, where we're at here in this program. When you look at uh, the situation that we are in and so many questions that uh, uh, will affect what the future is, uh, how, do you have multiple plans in place for, you know, maybe camp opens on time, maybe it doesn't, how you kind of approach the upcoming year? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And, and right now, you know, our, our school came out even just yesterday with a post saying that we plan to reopen on August 24th as a school. And certainly for football, it's really predicated on that students are in in-person classes. And, and for us, that's what Grove City College is working for. And, and so it's exciting for us to, to be preparing to, to start on time. And, you know, certainly, you know, we're, we're always adjusting, you know, ready to adjust things. And, and as I hear, you know, of anything, uh, you know, I'm always ready for the different options that may occur. But, uh, you know, one of the things we always talk about is focus on your vision, not your circumstance. I mean, that's one of the, the bedrocks of what this program has been built on is not living in circumstance, but always keeping focused on that vision. And that's what we did this spring, stayed focused on the vision of where we want to go and did everything with the situation we were in to put ourselves closer to doing that. And certainly when it gets to August, you know, we're going to plan to start on time. But no matter what circumstance, you know, we may be in, obviously, we don't get to dictate that. But, you know, we will make the most of it, keep our eyes on our vision, and then work backwards from there how we get there. And, and that's going to be the message to our guys is stay focused on the vision, not the circumstance. And, and no matter what, you know, as we prepare a football team, we believe that will help keep our minds right on how we do that most effectively. Well, Coach, we appreciate a few minutes of your time uh, and, and what has been a situation that none of us are prepared for and we're kind of all dealing with day by day. But uh, I know hopefully things will work out for everyone and uh, soon we'll be talking about opening up against Juniata in a couple of months. 
Oh, I'd love, I can't wait. I'm seeing you there on Thornfield. Come down and get to talk with you. Get ready to play a football game. It'll be special. Coach, thank you very much. We'll do it again soon. Thank you. I look forward to it. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. That is Grove City head coach Andrew DiDonato. 17-5 and five over the last two years. Two bowl victories in the ECAC Bowl and the 2018 Coach of the Year in the conference. We'll be right back here on Western Reserve Radio. You're listening to Western Reserve Radio, the radio home of the Youngstown Phantoms, part of the Live 365 Network and SB Nation. By all means, continues here on Western Reserve Radio. Mark Means, Ryan Alessio joins me now from Cleveland, brought to you by Milk Creek Golf Course and Martusio Chiropractic. Uh, so how's it been going, Ryan? What's going on in your world? Uh, it's actually been pretty good. I actually, um, as you know, today is the first day, I believe, in Ohio that stores can reopen. And just out of curiosity, I went for a little bit of a car ride just around some of the plazas I live by just to see, you know, what it was like. And also it's 60 degrees and sunny. So walked around a little bit, did some work from home like a lot of people were doing, including yourself. And uh, it's been a good day up here so far. So, you know, since we last did the show, the Browns released the schedule. And of course, I, I texted you and say, hey, what do you think? And I get back in typical Ryan fashion, 13 and three or whatever you texted me. What <laughs> so unbelievable record. But once you've had a chance to act actually look at it and I know we don't know what the teams are going to be compiled of but uh, there are opportunities to win a good amount of football games on that schedule yeah I mean it looks like it you would hope that everything works out when it comes to the team you know coming together learning the playbook Stefanski's uh, coaching style oh by the way uh, welcome to Cleveland coach if you didn't see that he officially got to move here finally so Kevin Stefanski can actually live in the state that he coaches the football team but if everything goes right I, I cannot see why this team can't win 10 games. I, I really can't, uh, especially with the offensive firepower they're going to have. Defense might need a little bit to catch up because they have a lot of young guys and a, a group of veterans they need to mix together. But, I mean, really, I think there's only four playoff teams from last year on the schedule. Now, you know, last year when we were doing the show on 1240 my whole thing is you don't know what teams are going to be from one year to the next so although they might look like a, a layup on the schedule that might not always be the case and vice versa you can have a playoff team go from 11 and 5 and end up 5 and 11 who knows but i mean i'm thinking they have to at least win 10 games and i'm kind of setting the bar there anyway because at some point we have to be an nfl team and win games with talent what about you yeah you know you look at it and there's a lot of interesting things on the schedule and i don't buy the oh they they have the fifth easiest schedule they have the third easiest schedule the redskins had the easiest schedule in the league last year and they won three damn games so i don't think that matters well, the Redskins also stink, so <laughs> there's that problem too. But no, you're right. I mean, you can't get too caught up on how strength, you know, strength the schedule, not. But you know, just for what we do, from being, you know, having fun and uh, kind of being analysts, if you will, and giving opinions. I mean, I look at it, and when you just see the names of the teams on the schedule, it looks like they should be able to win ten games. The one thing that I was a little maybe off put by at first, and I guess I've kind of warmed up to it 
slightly, even though I really haven't, is, you know, you start at Baltimore, which I'm like, fine, let's go. Let's see if we can win on the road, you know, start the year off great. But if you followed the Browns history since 99, all but one time, we know what that first game is going to be. But at least it's against Baltimore on the road. So we might have a little bit of an excuse. I'm not really a big fan of the fact that three, four days later, although at home against Cincinnati, you're opening up your season. Your home opener is on Thursday night. What did you think about that? I thought that was a little strange to have to go from Baltimore on the road and then four nights later home against Cincinnati to start the year. You know what? It's kind of weird having your home opener on a Thursday in week two, but I, I looked at it from this perspective. I actually try to be positive about it. It's going to be you know just a few days after you begin the year. You're still fresh. You're still pretty healthy, uh, barring anything unforeseen happening in that first game against Baltimore. If you're going to play your Thursday game, I would rather play it early than the second half of the year. So I looked at it from that perspective. No, yeah, that's a good way to look at it. I, I've been trying to come around to it. My only concern was is I don't know what kind of training camp slash preseason they're going to get. So I just, from a, a health standpoint, I didn't like playing a very tough Baltimore team. And then a Cincinnati team that actually, you know, they're, they're better than whatever their record, their two-win record was last year. So I was more looking at it from just, you know, team stamina. But you're right. It's, it's better to have it now while, you know, they're going to be fresh than maybe week 13, 14. And you know what? You look at it, and there are a lot of interesting stretches to this schedule. You, you talk, there's a stretch where you're going to actually play four out of five on the road. Uh, November 29th through right after Christmas time, you're going to play at Jacksonville, at Tennessee, home for Baltimore, and then back-to-back trips to New York. So there are some challenging spots in the schedule. No West Coast games this year, but still some challenges. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of interested to see where, where we're going to be at because, you know, at Jacksonville, and I know we're not big on predicting what teams are going to be, but on paper, just from what we know, you should be able to win at Jacksonville. At Tennessee is obviously going to be tough. They were in the AFC championship game. That depends on what Tennessee team shows up this year. Is it going to be the typical 9-7 and seven Tennessee team or you know they like to pull two and 14s out as well I don't think they'll do that but that should be tough home against Baltimore on Monday night that'll be a blast hopefully they win that game they should be able to win that game being at home and then like to me the wild card is going to be that two games in the same stadium and basically living in New York for a week I, I would hope you'd split it. You, you realistically should be able to beat both of those teams, but that might be a little tough. So I'm thinking at least if you can get out of this four-game stretch two and two, it should set you up hopefully well for that final game at home against Pittsburgh. And, you know, the schedule designed by the NFL is interesting because it's built for if, if they have to and say we're two months behind, the first eight games can actually be push to the bottom of the schedule because whoever you play in week two is actually a team you share a bye with in uh, in your bye week for that being the Bengals with the Browns in week nine. So it's designed if they have to rearrange it, they can pretty easily. Oh, I didn't even know that. So basically you could take the first game, eight games and flip them mm-hmm. to, the, to the end of the oh, year. Okay. Yeah, I didn't even know that. I, I know that they put in some parameters just in case things weren't the way they should be by then but i didn't know it was you know how they did that with the schedule that's pretty neat and i think friday too they're going to actually 
release the plans for opening up the facilities, if I'm not mistaken. Right. We're getting more and more. We'll get to baseball talking about that. With They're trying to develop a plan as long as they can negotiate things in between owners and baseball players association. That always doesn't go very well. But, uh, you know, it's good that we're starting to see things because, you know, Mike Tomlin, I don't always agree with Mike Tomlin, but he mentioned everybody's got to open up on equal footing or it's just not going to work. No, they do. I agree with what he's saying. And I think, you know, uh, especially football, um, you need as much time to get ready for the season as you can. And it would be unfair, say, if, you know, Cleveland, obviously a team, Pittsburgh, we'll just use the teams in our division, Cincinnati, would Baltimore be on that side of the, you know, coast where major hotspots are? Would they be able to? I don't know. Uh, Obviously, the two New York teams, even though they're in New Jersey, absolutely not right now. Um, So, yeah, I I think that that makes the most sense. You have to set a date that you can project that every team, all 32 teams, can open up at the same time. So I I agree with Mr. Tomlin. And I don't know if you had a chance to catch. I watched it late when the the Browns did their – they did a streaming uh, schedule release special, and they had Baker in the pool, which I I thought was kind of interesting. I thought he was lit. Did you? I yeah. was wondering what was going on there. He had he had that face I make when I go to happy hour. So I was wondering if maybe he'd you know <laughs> have a little fun on the boat and then join the call. Good for him though. I was it was good to see him smiling, if you will. <laughs> and you know what? He mentioned the fact that I thought was interesting. If we're playing college football and we're playing NFL football, October 3rd is the Texas-Oklahoma game, which is played at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, the the Red River rivalry, easy for me to say. The next day would be the Browns in Dallas to play the Cowboys at Jerry's World. Funny how that schedule worked out where all those Oklahoma fans would be in town to potentially go to Dallas and root for Baker. That would be um, really, really cool for him. Uh, by the way, I'm looking on ESPN's schedule. You can get tickets for that at Dallas game for $26 if you would like to make a trip to <laughs> Dallas and hang out with Baker and all them. But, um, yeah, I, I think that's really cool. I don't know what's going to go on with college. I don't even want to guess. I mean, they obviously are dealing with a totally different – I know that it's still a football game, but college athletics, college campuses, that's going to be a whole different – thing so i don't even know what's going to go on there but it would be great if they could get both of those games off and you know baker mayfield could have a holiday in texas basically you know and uh mark emrit from the ncaa made the announcement this week and i'm paraphrasing what he mentioned the fact that if students aren't enrolled and aren't on campus there's not going to be college sports and then when i read the uh, the outrage of the people well well the, the players can still play football if the students aren't there We all forget they are students first and football players later. (laughs) So if you're not going to school, you don't get to play football. No, no. Yeah, and you're right. If you're not going to school, you're not going to go play football. I, and I, I get it. You know, we we look at football, especially with college athletics. Football, for the most part, covers the expenses for a lot of other you know, uh, college sports programs. But yeah, I, I believe you would need students on campus and attending class to play collegiate sports. I'm not a any kind of professor or claim to be smart, but I feel like that equation would actually have to equal itself out for there to be athletics. So yes. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those where I was like that, they kind of go hand in hand. And would you lose the tradition of college football if the fans aren't there? You would. 
but I would rather be able to watch a college football game than not have football at all. It's going to be a rough year for all of that for us to go through, but it's one of those where we're just going to have to make these adjustments. And speaking of adjustments, Major League Baseball negotiating some adjustments and what they are going to do if they play baseball this year. We'll get to that coming up next as we continue here on By All Means on Western Reserve Radio, brought to you by Martusu Chiropractic and Milk Creek Golf Course. You're listening to Western Reserve Radio at westernreserveradio.com on the Live 365 Network and the Live 365 app. By all means, continues here on Western Reserve Radio, brought to you by Mill Creek Golf Course and Martusio Chiropractic. The numbers to get on board at 330-707-4202. Mark and Orion with you. Again, a big thank you to Coach Donato from Grove City College's football team for joining us earlier in the show. Well, Ryan, there's now a plan officially going to the Players Union today from the owners and executives of Major League Baseball. Reportedly, it includes an 82-game regular season schedule with a universal DH, a 30-man roster with a 20-player taxi squad if you will, 14 teams in the postseason with games played in home cities in October and a 50-50 revenue split for players and owners. Let's kind of break this down a little by little. 82 games, I think, first off, that's enough to determine a legitimate regular season divisional champion, don't you? Absolutely, I do. I mean, in this circumstance, yes. I mean, you, you, and I also, I, I don't want to jump ahead. Didn't they say they would ex- they expand the postseason to get seven teams in there, right? Right, fourteen total. They had double the wild card in each each division, each league. Excuse See, me. See, yeah, what I think that does is it balances out not having the full schedule of games because you know as well as I do, August, September in baseball are the most fun months because that's when all the big races are happening. The other thing this will do is make all 82 of those games important. No more this, well, it's April, who cares crap that we always have to argue about. Every game is going to matter. Every game you watch for the Indians of these 82 are going to be important. And then to kind of maybe balance out the fact that you're not going to have that full 162 and, you know, teams get hot after the All-Star break, I think expanding the playoffs makes it so it's a little bit more fair for teams that might be good teams but just had a rough start so i i like it i think that's about as good as you could do with the circumstances we're in i mean i like the fact that you're expanding the playoff teams but here's the real reason why more playoff teams means more playoff games on TV. More playoff games on TV means more revenue for everyone. So as much as it's kind of making the playing field a little better for the postseason, it's also making the league a little bit more money to have more playoff games on TV as well. Yeah, and obviously, you know, without being able to have fans, uh, as far as we can tell until who knows when, maybe not even until the 2021 season, uh, the, the the revenue the teams might get or the league might get that they could share from extra playoff games might go a long way. And you look at it and, you know, the traditional National League fans aren't happy of with them adding the DH. But, you know, for now, it is just for this year. You're going to have pitchers who have not worked their way up to 
say, throwing 75, 80, 100 pitches. So let's let them focus on building up their arms and not worry about at-bats. So for now, for this year, however long it is, I'm okay with that idea. Yeah, I mean, it's going to come down to, I know some traditionalists won't be happy with a lot of this, but it just comes down to, do you want to see baseball this year or not? I mean, if you want to see some form of baseball and have it as close to what we're used to seeing, this is what they're going to have to do. If you're upset that they're shortening the season, using a DH in the NL, adding playoff teams, well, I I don't know what to tell you because this is going to be what we're going to have to do for this year. And I don't put it past a lot of these leagues to try to implement things this year just to say, well, because of the crisis and everything, we got to do this. I think what they're going to do is use a lot of this for test runs. Like if the DH goes well in the NL, would you be surprised if they tried to implement it full term? Not at all. Yeah. I mean, you you look at this playoff thing too. And what it's going to be is the best record in each league will get a buy. The two division winners and the top wildcard team will host a best of three wildcard round. The two other division winners get to pick their wildcard round opponents, and the other two wildcard teams are paired up. So they are going to do the pick your opponent thing. Mm-hmm. It looks like if they approve it. <laughs> so they. So basically what we're doing is what I was just saying was we're going to try to get all of our stuff into this that we would want to change full time. And we can use this year almost as a, a test, like a test tube season, right? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I do not like that idea of picking your opponent at all. I don't either. But no, I, I, if it means I get to see baseball, it. yeah, I mean, but if it means I get to see baseball, like this is the thing they're going to do. They're going to put that stuff in there. And you know that, you know, fans will accept it because we want to see sports, but what so what is that like they're going to do the selection sh- show again or whatever they had <laughs> like i i just man that's i i can't stand when they constantly try to reinvent baseball i i need them to leave it how it is i mean there are some things i like i do like how you know a pitcher has to face x amount of batters cuz i hate when you know a guy faces a batter and they take him out and basically it's a 15 minute process. So some of the subtle changes I like, but as far as kind of reworking how the playoffs, how teams operate, I, I don't like that. I mean, I'm going to put up with it this year cause I want baseball, but I am, I, let, let it be known that I am objecting to teams picking playoff opponents. Now the way the schedule would work is if you're in the East, you play your division and you would play the, the national league East, the American league central plays the national league central, the West plays the West to just eliminate as much travel as they possibly could. And, I mean, you look at the National League Central, if you're thinking from an Indian's perspective, and that's a really good division. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Because at first when I read it, it was one of those things where you read it and you're like, oh, that'd be neat. I'll play. We'll play all AL Central. That's cool. And then we'll get some NL Central. That's neat. And then I sat there for a second and I went, Cubs, Brewers, Cardinals, Fizz. On top of Minnesota and what could be a good White Sox team. And I thought, ah, crap. But, oh, well, what are you going to do? If we're good, we'll beat those teams. Right, and it's one of those where, I mean, I, I look at the Indians and their their strength is not hitting the ball out of the ballpark. Their strength is pitching. And I, if they have that pitching depth we think they do have in a shortened year like that, they can only help. Yeah, because their arms, you know, you're not going to get that – to that point in the season in September where you'll see some dead arms start to occur. I mean, really they had a little, they had spring training, you know, in um, 
February, everything gets shut down. They're probably going to have, what, three weeks or so in June to try to get back. So for a pitching staff, a team dependent on that, like the Indians, this might actually work out well for them. And the only thing I haven't read, and I know there's a lot to work out, is if you're going to have spring training 2.0, where are you having it? Is it in Arizona? Is it in Florida? Like, or are you just going to do that at your home ballpark? And that that's a lot more travel to deal with. I haven't heard that talked about at, at all. I mean, do you just play inter-squad games so you don't mingle with other teams till the games matter? I mean, that's a hurdle to be worked out. I, I think it would make the most sense if I'm doing it, which is always, you know, my mind, who knows. But I would have them do it at their own home ballparks. Like you said, I want them to be in their own in their own parks and they're just staying within their own little team system if they got to play inner squad games great that's fine um i wouldn't start doing any kind of unnecessary traveling until i had to so i would just kind of run a camp for a few weeks in your home ballpark play within yourself if you have to to get ready to get your timing down but that's how i would do it let me i here's the one thing i want to know like with this schedule i can't imagine you're going to have it's set up to where you're going to be playing two game series here, this, that, or is it going to be more you go on like maybe blocks of 10 games or eight games or something where you play eight at home and then you go on the road for eight, you're back. So, cause in my head, keeping you in the same point, you know, for longer stretches would be better because if you're on the road, you'd be in the same hotel that they could clean every day. You're eating in the same place every day. I, wouldn't you think that would make more sense than jumping around playing two and three games here, traveling here for three games? Yeah, I think you would almost have to do that. I haven't heard any discussion about that, but I mean, instead of playing twos and threes, maybe you know fours and sixes or even eights or tens, like you mentioned. I mean, and it, it could make for some good TV too if you're playing the same team eight or ten times in a row with no days off. You're really gonna hate the other guy's face by the time it's over. Yeah, game seven and eight might just be fights. Who knows? So, I mean, there's a lot to work out, and it's one of those where, you know, they've probably got about two and a half, maybe three weeks before they can work out these details with that proposed spring training beginning, you know, mid to early June. That way, if everything works out right, you could be playing games, you know, July 4th weekend, which what, what a great weekend that would be to bring baseball back. Yes, it, it would. It would almost kind of be the cherry on the top of trying to get out of this pandemic, trying to open up safely, trying to do everything safely. And yeah, if you could get a couple baseball games on on the 4th of July, I think it would just it would go a long way because, see, I mean, people, you know, myself, I know you do, not everybody, but a lot of people out there look at sports as kind of their escape from everything, their return to normalcy, even if they're not going to games, just being able to turn on the game can go a long way and i just think it would give a real nice shot in the arm to a country and a globe not just us but all over the place that has been you know it's been a a challenge uh mentally to to absorb everything that's going on and seeing a baseball game on the fourth of july oh man don't tease me with that that just sounds amazing I wonder what the plan will be. Like, I don't know about you, but I continue to watch these KBO games, whether it be live or recorded. And they have a contingency where if a player, any player, one player tests positive for COVID-19, the league shuts down for three weeks. 
So I wonder what Major League Baseball will do. Does the team shut down? Does that one just one player get quarantined? That's all got to be worked out ahead of time. Yeah, I, I think my plan would be that that's why I think, you know, playing a team in one place for eight, nine games, whatever it has to be, is the best way to do it. Because say, you know, God forbid a, a player on a team pe- test positive, I can isolate that player. I know that I've been in either my city or another city. Then I could do all the contact tracing they're speaking of and maybe just isolate him and maybe a couple other guys if they were exposed to it and not have to shut down the season. I know we only got a couple of minutes left, but I, got, I want to tell you about what I did last Saturday. Okay. Speaking of KBO games, so I don't know if you noticed, but last Saturday was almost like a pseudo doubleheader and it was right in my wheelhouse. There was a replay of a game on from like 5.30 a.m. that I did not see anything or know the score. It was on 10 p.m. on Saturday night. Then at 1 a.m., they had a new live game. So guess who stayed up from 10, 10 p.m. until <laughs> quarter to four in the morning <laughs> watching KBO baseball last Saturday? You know, I recorded the game last night, and uh, the Dinos, I think, are becoming my team. That's my team, baby. You know that. It has to be. And, you know, to watch that game, and my recording ran out about two minutes after the two-run homer tied the game in the bottom of the ninth inning. So I still don't know who won that game. Don't worry about it. Anyway, uh, the point (laughs) – the late one, the 1 a.m. one messed me up because it was the first time I ever saw the cardboard cutout fans. Right. And I I just kept staring at him in the background. I was like, I kept picturing, and it was very late, and I was out of it. I was like, please don't let these things come to life and attack the players. <laughs> that just looked like the setup for a terrible horror movie. You actually have to pay to have your picture on those, did you know? No, but that's a great idea. <laughs> Any way to raise revenue. Ryan, appreciate it as always. We're coming up against a break here shortly. Uh, we will do it again uh, next week as long as all of our technology falls through. But thank you again for being part of the show. All right. Thanks for having me. Talk to you then. So we are coming up against a break. When we come back, we will kind of wrap up today's show. We will look ahead to the things that are coming up here on Western Reserve Radio. And we'll do all of that right up this time out on By All Means. Mill Creek Golf Course is now open. Experience the Donald Ross Championship design of both courses where you can book a tee time online at millcreekmetroparks.org. Mill Creek features a newly remodeled golf shop, new cart paths, and is a Callaway certified club fitting facility with demo days. The PGA professional staff is now accepting golf outings and leagues. For more information, call 330-740-7112 or stop by and see what all Mill Creek Golf Course has to offer you. You're listening to Western Reserve Radio at westernreserveradio.com on the Live 365 Network and the Live 365 app. Right back here to wrap things up on By All Means here on Western Reserve Radio, brought to you by Mill Creek Golf Course and Martusio Chiropractic. And a couple of things before we go today, an announcement from the OHSAA made this morning that starting next year for the next several years, the girls state basketball tournament in Ohio is moving to the historic University of Dayton Arena. Every year but one up until now, 
the state championships for basketball for the women has been played in Columbus. It will now move to the University of Dayton Arena starting next year, as that announcement came from the OHSAA earlier today. A big thank you to Grove City College head football coach Andrew DiDonato for joining us today on the show. Uh, coach DiDonato's Wolverines uh, can be heard right here on Western Reserve Radio once we get in September when they open up at home against Juniata College. Don't forget, lots more shows coming up this week right here on Western Reserve Radio. Just football with Matt Emsch coming at you tomorrow at 4 o'clock right here on Western Reserve Radio. And don't forget, joining us on the phone next Tuesday will be the play-by-play voice of the Pittsburgh Pirates, the longtime voice of the Pirates on radio and TV. Scheduled to join us that day is Pirates broadcaster Greg Brown, uh, who will talk about what he's been doing during the Major League Baseball shutdown here during the COVID-19 pandemic. A big thank you, as always, to all the essential workers out there, the doctors, the nurses, the police, the fire. If you're out there trying to keep us healthy so we can stay at home, we appreciate all of the efforts that you are doing for that. You have been listening to By All Means right here on Western Reserve Radio, presented by Mill Creek Golf Course and Martusio Chiropractic. I'm your host, Mark Means. Until next week, have a great week, everyone.